The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment. Welcome to The Real Money Show, the number one eight seven seven eight silver and the website guildhallwealth.com. My name is Jeremy Wiseman. I'm joined by Jerry Karaya, and we represent Guildhall Wealth, and you can find us at guildhallwealth.com. You can also check out our e-store at guildhallpreciousmetals.com. If you've missed an episode of The Real Money Show, you can catch us on YouTube, and we also post that to our Telegram feed Telegram. as well. So there's lots of places to find us, and of course, the number one eight seven seven eight silver Jerry, let's... Uh, there's a lot of news going on, which we'll get to in just a second. Let's just quickly do an update on what we saw in the gold and silver market this week, and then I want to talk about... Um, supply side of the market and also the general atmosphere of what's going on in the gold and silver market. The first is, is it's Friday. We're recording the show, August 14th, gold and silver just getting hammered. Um, gold's, gold's into the low 1600 range, I think. Silver is sub 19. Now, overall, that's still range bound. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, silver's been from basically 18 to 19, 1950. That seems to be about the range. So not huge dynamic. So maybe I shouldn't say hammered, but it seems to be a, a strong pressure on the gold and silver market with the with the strong U.S. dollar. So with that said, gold is down only 1.2% in Canadian dollars since the beginning of the year. Silver, because we've moved back a dollar, is now down about 12% on the year in Canadian dollars. Now that said, the Dow is down 18%, basically neutral from last week when we recorded the show. The S&P is down over 24%, which is more than last week. The NASDAQ is down over 33.5%, which is more than last week. And the TSX is down 13%, which is more than last week. So um, in in this dynamic, it seems like those who lose less are, are the winners. Now, with that said, the prices in the metals, Jerry, belie what's actually happening in the physical world. So just spoke to Paul before we started the show because he's been mentioning these things constantly throughout the week. So I just wanted to to hammer it down and record it. 100-ounce silver bars from Royal Canadian Mint. You cannot order it from a wholesaler. That's it. Whatever is out there right now, or whatever is already on order coming in, that's it for now. Mm-hmm. You cannot, that's it, full stop. You cannot order Royal Canadian Mint 100-ounce bars. I don't. I didn't ask him about 10-ounce bars, so that I'm not sure. Um, and I believe it's the same with gold, with one-ounce one RCM gold. Other products, six weeks delivery. Six weeks delivery. Now, we have orders put in. We've had lots of orders put in, so we have a lot of product that will kind of pop in over the next six six weeks as we've placed other orders. But any major pickup in business, or I would say any slight increase in business, and it it could get very, very tight in a hurry. Mm -hmm. So with that said, Jerry, what would you say to someone who is maybe looking at a specific brand over another? Should they wait? Should they think about... Uh, you know, whatever you can get, what, mm-hmm. what should the attitude be? How do you, how do you, how does someone look at the prices? Because on our website, for instance, there's three or four brands of gold mm-hmm. and some might be cheaper than others. Is this a time to be 
really hammering on the specific price? It's a valid question, and it's one that we get quite often. Um, that quite often does come up, and it has to do with really preference. What we do here at Guildhall is we bring to the table the best of the best, global, globally recognized, globally accepted bars without exception. You can go to any of the financial hub centers around the world, and these bars that we sell are going to be accepted, um, that they meet the standards and specifications of purity and size and weight. So with that being said, yes, you know, Canadians, especially on this side of the border, if you're listening from America, Canadians like Canadian product, so it's understandable. Um, you know, but there is a myth that I may need to have Royal Canadian Mint, for example, because it's more renowned here in, in Ontario and Toronto or in Canada, that if I find a buyer, they may want the Canadian product instead of, let's say, for example, Pamp Swiss or an Eagle, an American Eagle. That's not the case. In this market, it, is, it comes down to, is it approved? Is it one ounce? Is it pure? And is it, was it purchased from us? And then, obviously, you want to bring it back to Guildhall, and, it's, and, it's, um, and, it, and we'll accept it. It really comes down to liquidity and assure that this market is the most liquid asset, liquid form of trading that you can do. This is the point of precious metals this, today when there is a liquidity crisis growing around the world. Um, we're going to get into that a little bit later about the U.S. debt. So it's to me, and I, I use this often to understand LBMA-approved product, London Bullion Market Association product, versus um, non-LBMA-approved product, and I just think of it like winter tires. You go and you say, what do you have? I, I, I need winter tires. And of course, you've waited till November 20th to get them, and you're in the big rush with everybody else, and they say, I've got Bridgestone, Pirelli, and Smiths. No one's taking Smiths because no one's heard of them. Now, if the guy says, the Pirelli are cheaper, you go, great, give me the Pirelli. Mm -hmm. So it's whatever's in stock and whatever I can get the cheapest. Yeah. You know, you can go with that as a general rule, and we'll, we'll try to accommodate that as much as, as much as we can. But definitely, the supply side is extremely tight. And I just want to kind of bridge that concept of under, helping people understand how tight the physical market is with um, this note that came out. Uh, this was from Wall Street Silver. I know they're, they're, it's from uh, someone that they follow on Twitter who's tracking the COMEX and LBMA Silver, that in September they saw a record of the largest combined monthly withdrawal from the COMEX and LBMA Silver vaults coming in at almost 58.5 million ounces total combined withdrawals in 2022. Listen to this. I'm going to talk. Slowly, three hundred and thirty-two point eight million ounces have been withdrawn from the exchanges. Now, Rafi Farber, in a, in a video this this week or last week, Jerry said, uh, "I believe we're ten weeks out from an all new major low of having only twenty million ounces mm -hmm. in the Comex." Mm -hmm. So now that and there's there's massive product being pulled out from yeah. from institutions from vaults yeah like there's something going on that that's this is the number one story in precious metals and as an investor if someone is looking at the market this should be your number one searched item search term drainage in the exchanges the comex and the lbma you need to understand what's happening and why this trumps any price volatility any spot price uh derivative paper price smashdown, as we call it, it gives them an opportunity, them being 
the issuers of the futures contracts. It gives them the ability to potentially acquire some product that is needed for delivery, maybe from the ETFs. As we know, the futures contracts are highly levered. I think the ratio of leverage, I think it's around 10% margin. So you could imagine about all the ETFs that have been purchased over the past year have probably been leveraged. And we're seeing this type of, you know, in, in, the, in the global markets, um, Greg, Greg Hemke, Hemke actually came out with a good summary of what's happening. And he's a, comment, uh, a commenter of the TF Metals report. And uh, he, you know, if we look around, Overall, there is a lot going on behind the scenes in every physical commodity in, in, in the markets. If you look at oil, oil demand should be falling in a recession, right? Uh, or a global economic slowdown is what they like to call it. However, crude oil supply is also falling. Due to in part, of course, by Biden's uh, policy of selling strategic oil. Um, and, uh, and we saw a little bit, a bit of a smash down in the oil prices, but everything's coming back a little bit too soon before the midterms, uh, too bad for, for Biden. And as well, there's uh, copper shortages as well. And we know that in China, copper was likely used as collateral. So despite of, you know, what the gurus and financial gurus say, who say in a recession, there's not going to be demand for copper. There may not be demand for oil. There may not be demand for silver. Well, guess what? Despite of us being in a recession or a global economic slowdown, the demand for physical assets is on, and there's a real risk of these assets disappearing, especially the vaults in the West. Yeah, so ultimately, we're just talking about the fact that supply is super tight, and it seems the COMEX continues to drain, and the price is getting hit, and then... The other aspect I wanted to talk about this before we get into the news, we might have to wait till the next segment, is the general atmosphere. The general atmosphere that I'm, you know, the people I'm talking to, um, the clients getting into the market, and just a general feel, and I don't know if it's me, maybe I'm just burnt out, but I, I want your opinion on this. It seems dark. Mm -hmm. It seems that people are, are, are very concerned about what's happening in the markets right now. You can see the headline news in the regular financial uh, markets, but there's just a, a sense of looming. Mm -hmm. I, I would say it that way, a sense of looming. Do you, are you getting that too? Oh, 100%. Every single uh, person that I've dealt with this week has had that concern about assets being taken, forfeiture, seizures, and, you know, spending a lot of time on the phone, Jeremy, it's spending a lot of time in person, um, assuring what we're doing here is physical audits are happening, serial number reports are being offered. I mean, it's so busy that, you know, we can't keep up, but we are keeping up, Jeremy. This is a priority, not only for myself, because I'm invested in the market, I have metals in the vault, the same vault that you have metal in. Um, I trust it. I know it's there, we go there weekly. Um, so quelling these concerns is probably the most important thing for us because trust is an issue. There is trust nowhere. You can't find trust anywhere. And in a trustless society, you got to trust gold. The number one eight seven seven eight silver the website, guildhallwealth.com. I couldn't agree more, Jerry. We'll talk a little bit more about our process 
in the um, in the the segments to come, just so that people can understand how transparent it is, and really locking down this idea of your ownership of the product, and that there's no counterparty risk when you're owning physical gold. You can go and get some physical gold and silver in your portfolio simply by logging onto GuildhallPreciousMetals.com, where you can pick up you know tube of maples, an ounce of gold, uh, anything that's on the site. Um, we do have in stock, and um, we'll, we're happy to assist you. You can give us a call at one eight seven seven eight silver It's The Real Money Show on AM640. We'll be right back. You're listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment. Welcome back to The Real Money Show on AM640. The number one eight seven seven eight silver the website guildhallwealth.com. Remember at Guildhall, everything is physical. We have a motto. If you can't hold it, you don't own it. That means if you're buying it direct, well, you're taking it home. You have it in your hand. You, you own it. If you're using a depository account, then you can go and book an audit and go and personally audit your holdings. In other words, hold your specific products in your hand. It's fully allocated, fully segregated. It's your own sub-account. So this is something that you can do. And you can even do it in your registered account. If you have an RSP or TFSA, LIF, RIF, you can have physical precious metals in your portfolio. It's held at a Brinks facility outside the banking system in your own sub-account. So this is one of the greatest ways that you can use funds within a registered account. And even if it's just to put in the 15% allocation that you should have in your portfolio to have negatively correlated assets in physical, physical gold and silver are negatively correlated to the dollar, which, you know, yes, the US dollar is strong, Canadian dollars weak, but they're all losing. They're all losing at this at different times. They're all going down a hill. And sometimes when you're going down a hill, there's some bumps that go upward and things like that. But ultimately, every currency is being printed into oblivion. And we've got some information we're going to share about that to hammer home that point. Mm -hmm. But before we do, Jerry, I want to get back to what Craig Hemke is talking about in the markets because he's such an expert on what's going on in the comics. Such an expert. I, I even have a hard time reading some of his daily posts, mm -hmm. but when he writes an article, man, they're brief and they pack a punch. Yeah, they did. And especially this one. This one's called Physical Silver Demand Soars, Digital Silver Demand Plunges. So in Physical Bullion here at Guildhall, we are pretty sensitive about things like delivery delays, shortages, which can cause wholesale premiums to rise and sometimes dramatically, which is the amount over the spot price. And as a result, we, we have to pay a lot of attention to inventories. So since Guildhall's focus is on silver, we're talking about dwindling inventories in the last segment about copper and oil. Well, our focus here is on gold and especially silver. Now, most of our listeners know the price of silver is based on contracts, aka highly levered derivative paper products from the COMEX, the Commodities Exchange in Manhattan. Now, this spot price is usually based on supply and demand of these contracts. Now, what is interesting, he wrote, and I took notes, that the current supply of futures contracts, paper, is at a nine-year low. On the COMEX as of last Monday, the total open interest, which is the amount of contracts outstanding in silver, was just 125,000 contracts. The lowest total open interest level since November of 2013. As a percentage, though, 
the total amount of contracts outstanding that represents 48%. It has fallen by almost 50%. And you know what's interesting about that? Because you think about 2013, remember, that was after the big run. That was after gold and silver had peaked. Um, yep. People believed the narrative that Bernanke was, was espousing that we've got through the financial crisis, interest rates will get back to a normal 6% soon, and we'll pay off that balance sheet. Yeah, right? exactly. So that was, that was really the, the weakest time in gold and silver right at that point. And yet we're talking about demand for physical just from the microcosms of our desk. Exactly. Is, is through the roof. It it's is. like it's more like 2010-11 than it is at 2013. 100%. So interesting that the that you're saying that the paper market is at an all-time low next to the market when you would think it would all, open interest would be massive. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. No one wants the paper. The, the right. trust in the paper has diminished to nil. I I got to I got to say this. I don't want to usurp your your That's article okay. here. In, in 2012 and 13, um, we saw that trend in a massive, massive way. And we, once the vault became IROC approved, Investment Industry Regulatory Organization of Canada, once it went, uh, we got that approval, we started shopping around the RSP portfolio. And we talked to Questrade in 2014, maybe 15 about this. And we told them that that was the trend. You ha I, I remember distinctly speaking to, to one of their um, high up people saying, people want the physical and they're willing to pay the premiums for it. You have to, you have to look at this seriously. Mm -hmm. And I know from both sides, it was an incredible relationship to create and there was no looking back. But at the time it was, yeah, well, I don't know. People don't really <laughs> want to pay that maybe. And it was, no, 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 you don't understand. The trend is people do not want paper. And we knew that. We knew that as far back as 2013, seeing that trend change. Yeah. And the, and the big question is how do you kind of square the declining contract interest in these fake silver contracts with huge demand in physical back then jeremy in 2012 2013 the premiums were what on 100 ounce silver bars maybe 15 20 cents over over spot like from a from a wholesaler perspective from a wholesale yeah. today now for any popular bar or coins here we're seeing anywhere from two dollars to five dollars and sometimes approaching ten dollars for those eagles now instead of looking at that we look we check the global vaults. So we go around, we look at inventory reports from Ronan Manley and commentaries from all the silver and gold gurus that we go to. Let's start in London where the LBMA is showing consistently declining inventories. This one's from Bullion Star, Ronan Manley. Silver inventories held in London fell by a massive 5% during September. They're now at a record low. Only 27,000 27, tons and have fallen every month for the last 10, month, 10 months now. But of those 27,000 metric tons in the vault, roughly 18,000 of those, more than half, are for various ETFs. So the rest is about just under 10,000 tons, which is strangely the same amount that is at the COMEX. So if you look at the COMEX now, fast forward over to there in New York, Comic Silver Vaults dropped to under 312 million ounces, the lowest level since May of 20, 2020. Open interest now is equal to 202% of all vaulted silver and 1,572% of all registered silver. 
Now, once you put all that together, London and New York, the draining and the demand together, you get inventory lows not seen since 2016. And despite Jeremy and for everyone listening, all the financial guru, gurus who tend to suggest that demand drops when recessions hit, despite being in a recession, we are seeing the physical demand driving shortages and a critical shortfall of the metal that underpins the digital price, that underpins certificates and ETFs. These are the initial stages of the destruction of the legacy spot price, legacy being New York and London, or the digital derivative and fractional pricing scheme that he says that has held since 1975. We here will keep an eye and share these digital and physical trends with you listeners and to our clients as we move through the last quarter. And we echo the same message as Craig to conclude to everyone who hears, do not let off the gas. Let's keep the silver squeeze going and do our part to drain the physical metal from the banks and their vaults. For only when this current pricing scheme collapses, will we finally discover the truth, which is true and accurate price for physical silver and gold. The number one eight seven seven eight silver. The website guildhallwealth.com. It's happening. There, there's no doubt that is happening, Jerry. There is not much choice. You know, people do have an innate understanding that gold and silver have no counterparty risk, and we'll get into a little bit more on that. But just to add to what you were saying, uh, Shift Gold reported last week actually that central banks have added over three hundred tons of gold to their holdings this year. Um, Turkey being one country mm -hmm. that has added 84 tons. So central banks are preparing for something. You know, there, there is that adage of he who owns the gold makes the rules. And if you own gold, you are at the table being able to make those rules. Mm -hmm. Let's talk a little bit about some of the things that happened this week and how gold and silver can apply, um, how we can kind of put on our gold and silver shades <laughs> and see how it applies to what's going on. So uh, one of the big pieces this week, Jerry, was PayPal, that they wanted to implement this totalitarian rule uh, to penalize users for their views. They, they actually decided that they wanted, if they didn't like your point of view, they could fine you $2,500. Um, and by the way, it's, that's not just totalitarian, that's fascist. When you're merging corporate and national interests, and mm -hmm. I don't know where they're getting their, their national interests from, but that's fascism and uh, you know corporation and state merger. But the backlash, wow. We're talking the timeline of these backlashes being crazy. It was within hours. They literally had some sort of vice president come out and say, uh, that was an error. Uh, that shouldn't have gone out. Well, somebody <laughs> wrote it, okay? Yeah. So tell us that that person is at least fired. Mm -hmm. You know. In the meantime, this is just one of those situations where the damage is already done. And how to delete your PayPal account is already trending yeah. on Google, and the stock is tanking. Mm -hmm. And you and I, I looked just before we came on. The number of articles trying to protect the stock yeah. from the from the mainstream media is just it, it's hilarious. Um, okay, another one in in other what I title in other go woke go broke news is multiple U.S. states. Last week we talked about uh, I think it was Georgia removing funds from BlackRock. Well, they're not, yeah. the, they're not the only ones. Now, uh, Republican-governed uh, states are withdrawing up to a billion from BlackRock. States. Now, why are they doing it? Because they disapp disapprove of the ESG policies. 
That's environmental. This is something, all our listeners, you guys need to know this now. You need to watch out for this. You're going to start seeing it everywhere. Like if I say red car and you start seeing red cars everywhere, <laughs> you got to be aware of this. ESG, environmental social governance. Mm-hmm. Right? So again, the, cor- the merger of corporations and state, mm-hmm. this is a fascist move. Yeah. So these Republican governors are saying, no mass. No, please. You guys want to, you guys want to infringe upon your views upon me. I'm out of here. And I do wonder when that, when that all occurred. I mean, we can kind of look back. It was during the COVID time, but you know, there was a period where corporations didn't get involved in politics, just like actors. Mm -hmm. They would say, look, I'm an actor. I just, you don't need my political views. You either like my music or you don't. Neutral. But now it's like, and, and you know, their views, you can't, we can't, Adobe, Salesforce, Microsoft, you can't work, you can't do business without these corporations. And they're, they're saying, well, we don't like your views and we might change how, you know, we might penalize you now. Mm-hmm. It's just absolutely crazy. But I think this, the reason I mentioned these two, uh, Jerry, is because I think it dovetails nicely into what we saw with the Freedom Convoy and, um, and freezing of bank accounts. To from what I see and the people that I speak to, it's still something that has traumatized people. Yeah, It's going to be with us for a very long time that the government is capable of that. Mm-hmm. And even if they just did it to a few people, it's like, well, if they can do it to them, they can do it to you. Yeah, And so I think that um, it comes down to getting out of the system and being in a situation where your views aren't infringed upon or that like take gold for instance. If you own gold, gold doesn't care. Nope. What your views are. Okay. Um, gold doesn't care if you're Maduro or if you're Prince. Mm-hmm. Gold is gold. That's it doesn't right. care. There's no counterparty risk. So I can definitely understand why many people would want to be uh, moving assets into something like physical gold and silver that is maybe outside the financial system or outside the purview of someone attacking you, right? Whether they like your opinion or not. Mm-hmm. And it shouldn't matter anyway. Yeah. Right? So that's my that's my little my little thing. Ne- in the next segment, Jerry, I want to talk about money being spent. Okay? Like not it. how it's associated and what's your opinions, but who's spending money where and it's gonna it's going to blow your socks off. The, Let's go there. The number's 18778silver. The website, guildhallwealth.com. Physical. If you can't hold it, you don't own it. It's The Real Money Show on AM640. We'll be right back. You're listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment. Welcome back to The Real Money Show. The number 18778silver. The website, guildhallwealth.com. Jerry, listen to this. The Fraser, This came out this week. Fraser Institute produced a study. Tell me if you're surprised by this or not. Uh, stating 40% of the pandemic federal deficit spending in Canada had nothing to do with COVID. Really? Yeah. Is not that surprise? Surpri- not surprising. <laughs> so my interpretation is, okay, you used a quote-unquote crisis – which, is it just me or is there like a crisis every day? <laughs> there certainly is. It seems, like, it seems that way. The problem with trying to get control by using a crisis is you need lots of them. Yeah. And you need them every day. And you never waste that opportunity. And then people get exhausted by it. 
and they they tune out and become cynical like us. Another one? Forty <laughs> percent. I mean, if you're wondering a little bit about why you're experiencing inflation in Canada, think about that. Think about the government just turning around and deficit spending on I don't know. I don't know what. I mean we could probably find out. But um your road isn't fixed. It, the healthcare system's not better. They didn't give us any more beds. No. They just complained the whole time that, you know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. kind of like, what'd you do with it? Where'd mm-hmm. it go? Where'd it go? And now, you know? the teachers, and now we're all paying for it. Yeah, and, the, and employees need raises to keep up with the cost of living. Okay, so on that point, thank you for the amazing segue, Jerry, because uh, this past Tuesday, there was an article that came out that saying France will have spent country of France will have spent 100 billion euros between 2021 and 2023, get this, to fight inflation. <laughs> so, look, would it, be, would it be too simplistic to say, oh, I know how to fight this fire. We put more fire on and that'll do it. Crank up the printing press. <laughs> it doesn't, look, inflation is a simple, simple understanding. To, it, more money chasing same amount of goods. Bottom line. You keep printing money, prices go up. Hmm? So you need assets. You need assets that are going to rise. Now, I know we, we, we can't help but think action, reaction. Well, I see inflation. Why isn't gold going up? Inflation's at 15%. Why isn't gold up 15%? Well, look, gold, so, uh, inflation was at government said 2%. It was actually at 5 And gold was moving up 7% a year or double digits sometimes. So it goes the other way too. Gold is a big, big market. As we've discussed throughout this show, there's a lot going on beneath the surface that we have to have patience to let those things play out because our day is coming. And the day is coming where there won't be any product. There won't be a seat for you when the music stops. So I definitely understand the panic to get into the market. It's important if you're gonna have the physical and not be left with paper, and yeah, sure. There there are cheaper ways to get involved in the market, right, Jerry? If I mean, if you want to get into paper assets, you can surely do that. But that's not the way. No, nobody wants any type of paper promise anymore. Uh, there are ETFs, uh, electronically traded instrument fund, that will track the price of gold, but the or silver. But the the fact is, the ETFs uh, don't hold enough physical gold or silver to back up the number of ETFs. Further, you have these funds that are changing constantly the verbiage and the and the um, the the paperwork that basically outlines um, what do you call it the prospectus that talks about how many ounces of gold that they can deliver and they actually change the verbiage and the rules saying that they may not have enough physical gold or, or silver to back up the ETF. So you the point of physical bullion is that you're eliminating these counterparty risks. And you're acquiring your wealth insurance, something that is going to perform when these conventional arrangements fail. Conventional being currencies, financial instruments, even banks potentially, currencies. When these things fail, and they always do, your physical gold is going to provide you with number one liquidity and independence and performance when those things fail. Yes, inflation is already out the bag, but it's not. this is just the beginning of inflation. We're seeing the... Um, all of the Fed members, as we're recording this Friday, October the 14th, just in time for the weekend, they rolled out probably five Fed members who were talking up the U.S. dollar, talking up rate hikes, uh, trying to combat inflation. There is no 
in solution for inflation unless there is gold-backed currencies. We need to go back to that. And having gold in the financial system reintroduced, and we're seeing this globally, we need to introduce ourselves to the idea of away from paper, something that is not finite, and get into something. Acquire that asset that is scarce for yourself, for your families, for your portfolios. Take responsibility now while we can get the product because the premiums, as they try to push the price of spot price, digital prices down, the physical premiums and delivery delays only increase. So I just want to encourage you, if you're listening and you're, this is your first time looking at the market, get in touch. We, have, uh, we will be having some online webinars if you want an info session on how to own physical gold and silver in your RSBs, get in touch with us. You know, Jerry, it, we, we said it's, it's assets. So it's not just gold and silver. We're talking assets, assets. And one of the things that you can look at is a natural fancy colored diamond. Uh, did you hear about the Williamson pink star? Absolutely. So this diamond set a, an auction record at $57.5 million. And it was purchased by a collector in Florida. It was an 11, 11.15 fancy vivid pink. Wow. Okay. It's the second most valuable jewel ever sold at auction. Just consider that for a second as we, as we kind of go to get ready to go to break here that this is the time, okay, 2022, when everyone's talking about inflation running rampant, potential bubble in the real estate market collapsing and uh, bond markets collapsing and pension funds collapsing and all of these things. Here we have a diamond being sold at auction for an absolute record, you know, a record $57 million. Who buys something for $57 million unless they know it's going up? Mm -hmm. And the, the auction world is littered with that. There was a time when Lawrence Graff, who's a huge color diamond, you know, everyone knows Lawrence Graff jeweler. It's kind of up there with Winston, um, Harry Winston. He once sold a diamond and bought it back at auction <laughs> at a higher price. That's how much he believed in where these natural fancy color diamonds are going because they're so rare. And if you can get rarity and quality, you combine all of these things and you're going to have prices rising. So assets are going to be rising. This is a great time to be looking into this market if you're looking for ways to diversify a portfolio because prices are going to be going up significantly in that market. So this is the time to look for those type of bargains that can be had in the natural fancy color diamond market. The number one eight seven seven eight silver the website guildhallwealth.com. There's a, a lot more to come on The Real Money Show on AM640. You're listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment. Welcome back to The Real Money Show, the number one eight seven seven eight silver and the website guildhallwealth.com. Just want to pick up on this Williams Pink Star Diamond, Jerry, because uh, it did set a record at auction. And um, just wanted to say it's it's sold for fifty seven point seven million. It was estimated the presale estimate was twenty one. Wow. I haven't seen numbers like that on an auction since probably two thousand eleven. To more than double. And that goes back to what you were saying in some ways 
about the comics being as low as it is when we think about 2013. It's like there's something like everything is is happening again. Um, you know, we've seen we've seen pushdowns in the market before, and they always returned with massively higher prices. Um, so, you know, just to kind of finish off on this diamond as an example, is in terms of what that means per carat, it's over five million dollars per carat hmm. for a vivid for, for a vivid pink. pink. Um, I think a one carat vivid pink would probably be in Canadian close to at least over four hundred thousand, if not over five hundred thousand. Right. And uh, if you were looking at an intense, I mean, right now um, an intense half carat, okay, half carat VS, which is great. I mean, it doesn't get much better than that. Is going to be um, in the two fifty to three hundred thousand range. So it just kind of gives you a sense. And obviously, that number is low. That number at two fifty to three hundred should be should be much higher. Should mm -hmm. already be at four hundred. Right. So it's just to give you a sense of the opportunities that can be had in the color diamond market. And we can find more at a, at a budget that's um, you know a little more affordable as well. So. I'm excited about the diamond I market. I think that some really great things are going to be happening. I think that there's another big diamond auction coming up soon as well. So uh, we'll tell you about that when that comes, and it's another pink. So huge opportunities, and not just opportunities, Jeremy. These are solutions as well. When you are witnessing inflation and paper assets, this is not only just concentrating your wealth with a with a stone. You're now getting involved into something that is negatively correlated to the money printing and all of the risks in the paper instruments. So well done. And we look forward to uh, to more amazing figures coming out from the diamond market. So, you know, Jerry, when we're looking at physical precious metals, especially when the market's pulling back, and, you know, I'm not too worried about this particular little pullback. It's not a, a big deal for us. But when we do, we always want to review the fundamentals. And throughout the show today, we've talked about two of them specifically, which is inflation. If you're going to keep printing money, then costs of everything are going to go up. So let's not be surprised by what we, what's happening right now. Although the trajectory, by the way, the trajectory of the Fed's interest rates, I saw a chart today, steepest trajectory of, of uh, interest rate increases ever. Mm -hmm. um, supply demand. We've talked about supply demand. We've talked about the fact that supplies in the retail market are getting very, very tight. We're starting to see those extensions. It's, we're not far off from no product at all. And we've talked about the, the supply side on the comics, that the drawdown of inventories continues. And the demand is obviously continuing as well. That belies the price. You'd think, oh, well, if the price is low, no one's buying. That is not the truth. People are buying. How do you know? Because we've talked about the central banks and how much they're accumulating. Right. Um, we didn't get into geopolitics, but anybody can look around and see what's going on. You know, the, the policies of shooting themselves in the foot against Russia, everyone's going to freeze, and all of, the, all of the implications of that. And that's just one geopolitical factor. What about the geopolitical factor of a bank going under or a pension fund going under and the kind of contagion that could happen? Right. By the way, this was the contagion that Bernanke couldn't find, mm -hmm. right, with the subprime mortgage, and then he got he just got the Nobel Eco Prize for economics for a guy who couldn't see contagion in the subprime. Mm -hmm. I mean, I guess maybe one of the qualifications for receiving this 
uh, wonderful accolade is being a good liar mm -hmm. or being dumb enough to not notice things. And it's how you, it's not how you prevent a crisis. It's how you respond to the crisis. Kicking the can and, down the road. Yeah. And maybe what it is, is because he only added $3 trillion to the Fed's balance sheet, which is, makes it look very <laughs> angelic next to what Jerome Powell has done since COVID. Maybe that's why they gave it to him. Possibly. I digress. Who knows? Look, we haven't talked about the greatest wealth transfer on earth with money moving into gold and silver. How do you see that playing out? Well, we are seeing this, this market very, very similar to um, the 70s and 80s, the stagflationary period where we had gold you know, max from 250 up to around 1600 very quickly. That's an eightfold move. Silver went up that was 11. From, from basically 2000 to today. That's right. Sorry, 2000 to today. Um, eightfold, eight times. And the setup is very similar to, to that, uh, where we have the same geopolitical, the same monetary um, uncertainties, um, inflation, and you name it. And look at silver at the same time. Silver went up during that time about 11-fold. So the setup is very similar, and we have to remember that Silver specifically has a peak every three and a half years. The last peak was 2020. So we're entering into 2023. We should expect to see another peak, another spike up in the silver market. And we all feel it. Uh, if silver is that coiled spring. Silver is that Achilles heel for the paper derivatives market. So where do you think prices could go? I mean, an eightfold increase would take us to where? Well, an eightfold increase from where we are today at sixteen hundred gold, we'll look at out. We're looking at about twelve thousand, thirteen thousand dollar gold price. And if we have, if that thrust up, that will cause silver to get very excited because once gold breaks out, silver goes parabolic. And let's say we visit revisit a silver to gold ratio of sixteen to one. Today it's roughly eighty nine to one. And if we go back to the norm of sixteen to one, that will put silver at a fantastic rate of eight hundred per ounce. And that would, well, again, if you have 2,000 ounces at $800 per ounce. Yeah, you know, as you're getting that number, I mean, even if we were half right and it only goes to 35 to 1 ratio, you're still looking in the multiple hundreds of dollars for, for an asset. And that solves a lot of problems. This is the, one of the problems of owning a house. You, you want to buy a house, you buy 2,000 ounces of silver and you can buy yourself a house. This is very cyclical. Jeff Clark talks about a lot with gold and silver being able to buy a house. And this is what you want. You want to be able to prov prov you know, provide for your family, own a home, and become independent, having this house paid for mortgage-free. And all you have to do is not put everything in the gold and silver. That's not what we're saying. We're not, we're not advisors. Speak to your advisor. Speak to those you trust. But having something in this market and protecting yourself in some ways and hedging in some ways could be incredibly fruitful. At the end of the day, look, it's a cheap asset. Look at the cost-benefit. It's not overvalued. Many would say it's oversold. That makes it cheap right now. So look for cheap assets, value assets. We've had many gold predictions over the years, 7,500, 10,000, 20,000. It could be sky's the limit it, You know, if inflation really gets out of control. But you have to have it. You got to have it. You got to get into the market. So give us a call, one eight seven seven eight silver the website, guildhallwealth.com. Jerry, I think we did it. I think we covered a lot of ground today. And if you missed it and you missed a part of the show, then go to YouTube and, and download it and listen to it and show it to your friends. Um, <laughs> and subscribe. Why not? Uh, again, the number, one eight seven seven eight silver the website, guildhallwealth.com. 
Thank you so much for joining us, spending uh, the, the last hour with us. We really appreciate it. We appreciate all our new clients as well. We look forward to speaking with you here on The Real Money Show next week. And the number again, one eight seven seven eight silver It's on AM640, and we look forward to speaking with you next week. The preceding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment.